Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Play Fantasy Spaceball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of the Empire Media and Empire Media Podcast Network. It's your boy, Doc, here. Ignore my voice. I lost it yesterday yelling. But... You'll notice no D-Mendy here. Maybe we picked him off for good. This could be the, the sign of a, some things to come. I hope you're watching this, David. I got the normal guy with me. I got Art T- Tornabeni, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake, the LC, the man in the dungeon. What is going on? Me, I'm doing just fine. How are you doing tonight, Doc? You know I what? Mean- I, I liked you until you started mimicking me, so I'm going to pull a Tony Reale and mute you. Oh but, no! I don't. Th- I don't think you can mute me right now, honestly. So, so take that. Don't, don't, don't tempt me. Don't tempt okay. me. All right, I won't. I'm, go- I'm going to go to two guys that I like better than you, and the first <laughs> is one of the hosts of Between the Seams. This man has a better followers to following ratio on Twitter and Instagram. He loves to sing about his bicycle. We welcome in Marty Tallman. What's going on? <laughs> Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the pod again. You know, it's, it's always great being a part of the team. And uh, if, uh, if Art's intro was minus two, I hope mine's plus three, so I can get on a good roll for the for the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was hoping that you might have a bicycle in the background that you would yeah. want to ride and show us. Uh, no. That's that's how you know I did my stalking. Yeah. But introducing the other guy, the other host of Between the Seams, the Freddie Freeman fanboy alliteration. This man loves to take photos. The man that probably isn't helping out his local barber. We welcome in Christian Mack. What is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, happy to be here. And I have not this year. Actually, it's been it's been almost eleven months since I helped out my local barber. So, uh, and a nice picking up on that alliteration. I was an English major, so you got you really do do your homework. You know, thank you. Uh, I was in school for like 16 years, so I hope all of that paid I'm off. I'm still in school, and I hope it's paying off. <sighs> Only time will tell, but we're not here to Who talk knows? about school, because school sucks. Thank God. In tonight's episode, we have players to buy and sell. Six weeks into the season, and we're at a large enough sample size where players' performances up to this point have affected their value. Some positive, some negative. While some leagues, such as TGFBI, don't allow trades, we're here to help you out with your home leagues. After that, we'll go to our question of the week, what has been the most significant injury this season? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then we're going to get 
going because I'm not going to take David's thing and yell, let's do it, yeah. <laughs> Starting off with some news and notes. And we have two no-hitters this week, and it just kind of feels like, okay, another no-hitter. Spencer Turnbull and Corey Kluber. So, Art, I want to start with you. Do no-hitters now have the same appeal to you? Does, does it feel the same? It, it's definitely not the same. Uh, I think that uh, the way pitchers have, are pitching now uh, is, is, is more, uh, and the way hitters are hitting, it, it's going to lead to more. You know, we've had a two this week. That's what, six on the season, something like that. Um, and so, you know, that's about what, one per week so far. And that's, that would shatter. I think we got to be coming up on close to what the season long record would be pretty soon. It looks like we're going to shatter it. And uh, I, I'm with uh, Clayton Kershaw, who thinks it's bad for the game. Uh, I'd like to see hitters making a little bit more contact, putting a little bit more balls in play, less strikeouts. Strikeouts are fascist, according yeah. to uh, Rash Davis. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Marty, I want to go to you next. Does the no-hitter appeal, has it gotten boring to you? And is it surprising that none of these have been a perfect game? We've been really close. We've been close, um, no, because pitchers just throwing as many pitches as possible to get the strikeout. So that's going to happen. Uh, not pitching in contact, right? So we're not going to see, um, you know, we're going to see more walks because of that. Um, <clears throat> it hasn't lost its luster for me. Number one, probably because Spencer Turnbull did it on my Tiger, so we'll take it. But here's the thing. If you even think about this, the last person to do it for the Tigers was Justin Verlin. So the, the level of talent that, you know, it's just not there for the no-hitter. So in that way, it, it does take it away. But at the end of the day, we just have to look at what the game is. I mean, I don't know what they've done to this ball, but they've made it a lot better for pitching. Hitters who usually get home runs aren't getting the home runs. They're pop-outs. Everyone's striking out because they're just trying to go for the home run. So I think it's just a reflection of everything. Right? So I'm not going to take it away from the pitcher who went nine innings and didn't give up a hit. I'm going to look at the periphery stuff and be not as happy with that. I think that's a great point that Marty brings up. Christian, do you think that these no-hitters have to do with something with the ball, maybe substances that pitchers have on their hands? We've seen John Means and Trevor Bauer uh, kind of have a pine tarish substance that have maybe increased their spin rate. For sure. I mean, I think it's just the natural like evolution of where baseball's been going for a while. And the da- like the data age is just... I saw a tweet recently. It was, I think it was from the Princeton baseball coach and it's getting, it's getting like championed by like the Shigon nation type guys where he's like, he said like hitters have a bunch of holes in their swings. So we need to teach them to not have those holes. But the more important part of his tweet, I think that less people are focusing on is the fact that like pitchers know every single hole in every hitter's swing. So if they can execute where those holes are. It's just difficult. Like we all, uh, so I don't know. I, it, definitely something with the ball, but I think it's just like, it's where we are now. Like, um, and hitters are going to have to adjust. You could, you could do something with different with the ball. You can take pine tar away. Um, but I mean, something's going to have to give somewhere. It's interesting. Well, I, we, we have back to back no hitters and then the Giants score 19 runs today. Yeah, to literally. Kind of so maybe that. Yeah. But Marty, speaking of Detroit, I saw something on Reddit where a guy was like, man, you can't have nothing in Detroit. Spencer Turnbull didn't even get 24 hours. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. They don't, they don't give us too much shine. But quickly, I want to say about game planning and knowing inside and out what everyone's swing. Just think about what Shohei Otani's doing. 
being able to do that on both sides, game time Crazy. for every single person. So I just that that just blows my mind. It, like what goes behind doing that? You throw in a, a language barrier and not being familiar with this. Country. I mean, he's just it's unbelievable what he's accomplishing. Well, um, Marty, yeah, that's a great transition. Wait, uh, cheesecake. I know you want to hop back. No, in. I just I just wanted to talk about Christian's point about um, about the holes in the swing. That, you know, I don't know if you guys remember growing up in Little League, they tried to tell you, you know, keep yourself with a flat bat plane so your your bat is in the hitting zone longer. That's going to lead to better contact. This this whole quote-unquote launch angle revolution that's been going on for the past few years, your bat is in the hitting zone for a very short period of time, just the right amount of time to get that nice launch angle on it, but it's also not there. you got to hit it at the right spot. Um, but players back in the day, would keep that nice flat bat, bat plane throughout the hitting zone, lead to better batting average. Uh, now trying to trying to hit over the shift, trying to hit more home runs, it's led to that uh, flat bat plane being gone from the game. Now people get criticized for not hitting the ball in the air as much, and it's leading to lower batting averages. Coach Cheesecake, I like the sound of that. I could see you being a third base coach for a little league well, team. Quickly, I will say, all. lastly, for this, um, offense is heating up. You know, the weather is heating up. Bad batting average has gone up the last month. So historically, it takes batters a little bit longer to adjust to pitching. Um, there, I think that's what we're slowly doing. So if we see, I'm going to say, I'm going to go off on limb and say the, the, the no hitters are going to lessen the further we go. So at least hope so. Yeah. I mean, unless you're picking up those pitchers for your TGFBI or other teams, I'm sure you're not complaining. But Marty transitioned us to the Angels. And speaking of them, Mike, Tra- Mike Trout strained cast six to eight weeks. Unfortunately, it seems like he's getting hurt every year. And we knew it was going to be bad the moment that we saw him slam his helmet, his frustration. The Angels have been on a losing streak themselves and they could ill afford to lose Trout. So Marty, I want to start with you. Is the Angels season over? It was over the second they decided that Dylan Bundy was going to be the number one pitcher. I love Dylan Bundy. Shots fired. And I'll get back to that later. But, I mean, until you invest in both sides of the ball, it is what it is. There was just no way they were going to be able to do really anything of, at least once they got into the playoffs, you know. Um, So, this is just another, It it, this is more of a shot for baseball and baseball fans like you and I who love watching Mike Trout play every single day. The Angels never had a chance. Okay. I mean, you're, you put the nail on the tombstone, it sounds like, before the season started. Christian, what about you? Are you a little more optimist? No, not at all. <laughs> I think that the Angels are really bad at developing pitching for their raw talent. Because, I mean, I, rolling with Dylan Bundy as your number one starter, I think, can work if you know how to use Dylan Bundy. Andrew Haney's got a lot of raw talent. Uh, Griffin Canning, he's got, I, I really like that he's gone with sliders. His slider's a money pitch. Otani seems to be succeeding despite their inability to use their pitchers, um, which makes it, again, even more amazing. But I just don't think that they can, they're good at developing. Um, and you've got to start questioning coaching at some point when you've got guys with a decent level of talent. I mean, sure, they could have invested in a higher level guy, but they've got, they've got major league talent on the, on the staff and they have for a while it's just not materializing the way other teams are able to look at the indians look at uh, the reds the way they're able to just churn out guys and get everything they can from them uh, mike mike Sosha can no longer be the scapegoat that he was for years and years yeah lc what are your thoughts are you optimist or are you riding the negativity train 
I mean, they're already seven games behind Oakland in the division. They're uh, they're six games behind Houston. They got a lot of fighting back and having six weeks without your best player. It's hard to not lose ground in that in that case. Of course, you know, July for July when when Trout comes back, there's still a lot of season left. But who knows how many games back they're going to be by then? And uh, you know, there there are moves to address the pitching staff. I mean, they they tried to sign Garrett Cole. They didn't accomplish that. They went uh, and got uh, Rendon. I thought they probably should have pushed hard to get Trevor Bauer this year, but didn't go for that. Uh, they got Alex Cobb instead. You know, they got Dylan Bundy. They're they're trying. They tried last season with Julio Tehran. You know, they're 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 bringing in these these. They're these streaming. Crappy. They're streaming. They're streaming. They're real. They're real life streaming pitchers. Yes. 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 And 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 it's doing what it does to our fantasy teams. Uh, Cobb has some great starts. He had a good start today, but, uh, but like then, then you got to hope that Heaney turns into an ace or Bundy stays as good as he was last season. And he just hasn't been, uh, I agree that pitching has got to step up for them to stay close because when Trout gets back, they could go on a run. They got a lot of talent on offense. Rendon hasn't hit yet. Uh, Otani's the best player in all of baseball. He's the number one player, uh, in all fantasy sports, uh, by, by a good margin. But uh, none of their other big guys are hitting, and none of their pitchers are are really pitching that well. So Except for Jared Walsh, Jared Walsh matches. Yeah, that's true. Jared Walsh is also up there. True, true. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's always been the Angels' Achilles' heel uh, is pitching. It, it just seems like they don't have that ace, <clears throat> that go-to guy. But we're gonna go to the next little bit of news, and we're gonna stay in that same city with another injury, and that's Corey Seager, who suffered a broken right hand after getting hit with a pitch last weekend. Seager won't require surgery, but will miss at least four weeks. The Dodgers have been decimated by injuries this year. How do you think they'll go? They'll fare going forward. Christian, is there anyone that you're targeting to pick up? Um, for the Dodgers specifically, Dodgers or just in general? Ah, uh, shoot. Um, Brandon Belt's been my guy to replace Seager on a couple teams already. I don't know if he's going to keep hitting. Home runs, but it seems like he is. I don't. I don't know what that's about. He's already on pace to like destroy his single season record. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Corey Seager is a big blow. He was my he was my pick for the NL MVP. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be able to recover season wise from that. But probably yeah. the best number two hitter in baseball. There's nobody in my mind that that pops up ahead of him. Elsie, I know that you had him in our home league team. Mm-hmm. Who's somebody mm-hmm. that you targeted as a replacement? Um, well, thankfully, my middle infielder was Eugenio Suarez, who's not really doing that well, but I was able to slot him in. Um, but I think, you know, uh, you know, Gavin Lux, if he's, uh, if he's available, which he probably isn't in your league, he's moving over to shortstop. Other shortstops, I really like Jose Iglesias for the Angels. He's a guy who's been hitting really well, um, and he and he's in the points league. He doesn't strike out a lot. He's been producing pretty well for for roto leagues as well. Um, on the Dodgers, uh, you know, they they've been throwing out you know they um, like these these no name guys until you know guy a guy like Zach McKinstry comes back or a guy like. Um, Don't call you know, Matt Beatty a no name. Don't call Matt Beatty a no name. I'm, I'm not calling Matt Matt Beatty. I'm I'm calling. Uh, oh gosh. What what the heck is his name? They Chris they had Taylor? a different what's that? Chris Taylor? No, no, not Chris Taylor. Oh God, Newvin. Chris Taylor is too handsome to be a no name. That's <laughs> true. Well, I mean, they what they did they put um they put 
Pujols in. They started him yesterday. So maybe, you know, maybe go pick up Albert Pujols. Maybe that's right. the move. Uh, Marty's, Marty, Marty's skeptical. <laughs> Marty, you're shaking head. You're well, in, a in a 15 team league where you need only home runs, then maybe. And he's like your least, like he's your worst player, probably. That'd be fine. Okay. Okay. I mean, um, so since you're not picking yeah. up pool holes, who are you targeting? So just straight up for, um, you know, for losing Seager. And I don't have Seager on any, uh, any of my teams ever. I, he's on my do not draft list always because of injuries i'm not gonna say this is an injury it's a freak accident but it is what it is i'm just always afraid so he's not on any of them if i was looking to, to do something straight up uh kiki hernandez you know still leading off for the red sox somehow um over the last two weeks he's batting 455 he's got a homer a couple rbis um second base outfield eligibility as well um nico goodrum's quietly been kind of good three steals good. over the last yeah. two weeks he's got you know seven hits batting 386 and, um, you know, in the piggyback off what Art was saying for, um, Gavin Lux, he's only 61% owned in Yahoo leagues. So obviously any of the leagues, you know, the deep, deep leagues we, we play in or any type of industry league, he won't, he's way gone. But in your standard home league, you know, 10, 12 team, he might be there. Okay. Speaking of, uh, deep league, one other guy, Freddie Galvis is low on the low, had a pretty decent season so far. Mm-hmm. And he's been hitting for a little pop. This guy, four or five home runs. I've gone to a couple of those games because I live a two-minute walk away, and I'm always like, I, I tell my friends who don't follow baseball, I'm like, yeah, this guy isn't good. He's just had a good couple games. And I'm like, well, he keeps doing that. Maybe yeah. I should target him. But yep. Marty had mentioned Albert Pujols, and after being waived by the Angels, he ended up staying in L.A., signing with the Dodgers. He started at first base on Monday and collected an RBI in his debut. Now, he is probably not a fantasy asset at this point in his career. But Marty. Yes or no, just from a baseball perspective, do you like the Dodgers picking him up? Yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, okay. LA, LA has proven it over the years. They always sign, you know, guys basically on their last leg, you know, just that almost as like a shout out pick or whatever. You know, Jim told me at the end of his career, they were doing this on MLB Network where they showed all these old players. And, you know, when people look really weird in the jersey, like that's what the Dodgers do. Like they have like a whole encyclopedia of them. So, Adding Albert Pujols to a staff, they, they're World Series bound. Um, I think they're going to be absolutely fine. I know they've hit a skid. They're going to be able to work it out. They're, they have the most depth I've ever seen in, in uh, a modern baseball team. Um, and having Pujols there the whole time to be a little bit, you know, a mentor, you know, and maybe to pick up some at bats once in a while, maybe if they're doing interleague play or whatever it is. But if he's going to just come in, you know, and swing for the fences every time and they, you know, tip his cap, hey, I'm all for it. I like it. Okay. All right. I, I, I feel the same way. Christian, are you sharing the optimism that Marty and I are? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think it's like a, a much larger scale version of what Atlanta's done with Pablo Sandoval is like, he's just revitalized oh, the clubhouse. Yeah. Panda just, he gives out free hugs for home runs. And I don't know. Everyone talks about how great he is. So having just like that mentor guy, it's a little over the hill. But he's gonna, he's, he can pinch it and fill in. But just having that guy in the clubhouse, I think, is huge. I mean, and the LA has the money to just throw, I mean, it is pocket change for them to throw him a bone. But for baseball's sake, I think it's, I, as a long time Pujols fan, I think anyone who grew up in this era can say having him released from the Dodger, or from the Angels unceremoniously, was like not how I wanted to see him. It felt awful. So even yeah. if he, even if he's awful for the rest of the season, just having him on a team 
is what's important to me. I, I share the same sentiments. I mean, he is a legend. He's a first out Hall of Famer. And especially he's in the last year of his contract. You don't just cut people like that, in my opinion. Cheesecake, round us out here. No, I, I, I'm with you. I, the, the two guys who they first replaced Seager with, I did check it out. Sheldon Noose and Luke Rayleigh, um, who I, I, I was, they weren't on my radar at all. That's who they replaced Seager with at first. So I had to check that out. For me, for my money, I, I, I love these sort of soft stories where you can, where you can kind of like get some sort of like angle in your mind, like, might Pujols have a hot start to his his career in L.A.? There's playing time. Is this someone who I want to take a chance on? I don't know if I would actually put him he's in my lineup. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the, the situation is perfect. They're so depleted right now that his at bats are going to be there. Um, not that he's going to have like a great season, but he might give you a couple weeks here. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not telling you go out and and sign him, but I'm saying like. The narrative is is there for you, and baseball is a narrative sport. Uh, I, I I don't have any real strong analysis on that, uh, but uh, but uh, but baseball is a narrative sport where where a guy comes in and he's got a fresh fresh eye. Uh, so maybe go out and pick him up and, and give him a chance. Back him off what Max said. That eye is Albert Pujols. You know, it's yeah. not Pablo Sandoval, who was you know a good player in his right. Right. But this is like the machine. Can you yeah. know? Can we just talk about how weird it is seeing him in a blue uniform? Because whether it's been the Angels or the Cardinals, he's been wearing red for the last 20 years. Like, seeing him with a blue helmet, I was like, this looks like something I'd put in my video games, like my MLB 2K. Yeah. Now we're going to a little bit of injury news, and these are some lesser named players, but there's just so many injuries week by week, I got to rattle them off. Michael Conforto, strain right hamstring, timeline to be decided. Wascart, you know, uh, broke his hand punching a dugout bench, and he's out at least two months. Hopefully he learns from this. Jeff McNeil on the I.L. with hamstring tightness as well. Carson Kelly on the I.L. with a fractured left big toe. Are you guys tired? Because we'll keep going. John Carlos Stanton, surprise, surprise, with a strained left quad. He'll probably get hurt again. Taiwan Walker on the I.L. for a lat strain, even though his MRI came back clean. Cheesecake, you and I are crying over that. Right, Mike Moustakis. Mike Moustakis, heel contusion on IL, hopefully coming back after the 10-day minimum. So these are, once again, we have to talk about the 10 to 20 injuries we have each week in the news or notes. Just kind of sucks. But we're going to have, we're going to end on a couple positive pieces. Garrett Cole broke the strikeout record without a walk with 61, tying or breaking right after uh, Corbin Burns set the record with 58. So. Kind of the pitching dominance we're seeing at the beginning of the year. Noah Syndergaard had his first rehab start after his Tommy John surgery last year, so hopefully he's back on the mound soon. And Christian Yelich activated off the IL, which I all think we think was good news considering there was a lot of fear when he went back on the IL after playing two games. So, good discussion. Yeah, and he got a steal. TGFBI, thank you. I invested a high pick on him, and I need those steals. But speaking about steals, do you like stealing our ideas on what we tell you? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Well, great news for you. We have a fantasy football and basketball show that you can also check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about buying our love by giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on all socials at Triple A Fantasy and the website TripleAFantasy.com. 
You'll see my tweets that get a lot of interaction that really annoy David. You'll also see a ton of articles, videos, podcasts. You'll see between the scenes these two handsome fellows there, even some movie reviews. You guys remember that feeling when you clearly want to trade and everybody knows it? Well, that's the feeling that we want to provide. Thank you to everyone out there that listens and supports us, watches and interacts with us every single week. If you're watching the live version, we're not going anywhere. But if you're on the podcast version, we'll jump into players to buy or sell right after this quick break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are back. Main segment of the show, guys. Six weeks into the season, and that's the time where players have gained or lost some trade value. It's not like after the first day when Edgar Renteria homers two times and you can say he's the number one player in baseball at 36 years old. No, we actually have now probably a fourth of the season, almost a fourth of the season done. And look, we've all had some hits and misses from our draft. But the two ways that you can improve your team now are through free agency and trades. And we're here to talk about the latter. This handsome crew right here, and I can't stress enough that they are handsome, is going to give you a pitcher and a hitter that you want to buy low and sell high on. Just like stocks, that's for you, MLB moving average. It's a gamble, and you're hoping to hit. So Cheesecake, I want to start with you. Who is a hitter that you are looking to buy low on? I'm looking to buy low on Dominic Smith right now. Dominic Smith coming into today's games was hitting 248 with a 301 OBP and a 336 slug. He's only he hasn't hit a home run uh, in about four weeks, uh, but he has an expected batting average in the 77th percentile, and he's actually being really cho- really choosy with his swings. I, I went to the Paul Mamino's fantastic data monster over on Roto Fanatic. And he's his average, the average league Woba on his takes is 305. The average league Woba on his swings is 362. And his, uh, like I said, his expected batting average is in the uh, 77th percentile. Um, now, the power is, has been gone, like I said, for three, four weeks. But his max exit velocity is still pretty good. That's in the 64th percentile. You know, you'd, you'd start to think coming into the season, Smith might have trouble finding playing time with all the players on that Mets roster. We just talked about Conforto. We just talked about McNeil going down. Smith is going to have a lot of runway to, to, to work himself out, and he's already starting to do it. He's had a hit in three straight games and four of the last five. Uh, none of them have been for extra bases, but I think it's just a matter of time before he starts putting those out. The guy has some real power. Like I said, his max exit velocity is still pretty strong. So uh, Dominic Smith is a hitter who I'm really trying to target right now. I love that and great call. And I believe in TGFBI, he's first base and outfield eligible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has so, multiple positions. So, you know, every week and, and just as evidenced by our news and notes now, 
we go down a laundry list of players that are on the IL and having someone that can fit multiple positions, your first base, your corner infield, your outfield, your utility. I love it. Great call. Marty, who's the guy that you're looking to buy low on? Well, really quick on that. Actually, um, and I only know this because I just traded for the polar bear in my league, but um, he just he's potentially going to go on the IL with a sore wrist. So, so I, um, they're even more playing time. Yeah, I just popped up today, and I um, gosh, I just Ian, I traded Ian Anderson for him straight up <sighs> in the league. You know, Pete Alonso, I needed home runs, but yeah, the, I, I saw it today. You know, it was the blue, oh, status update. All right, cool. How's he doing? But sore wrist, potentially could be on the IL. I mean, it's the Mets. We're not surprised that's, at this that's, point. That's what my buddy said. But, um, yeah, I'm buying low on the guy who I bought kind of low on earlier to draft him, Brian, Brian Hayes, Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. He's supposed to be coming back here at the end of the month. Um, He's one of my favorite players in baseball. Um, I know he's had a short career, but over 90 at-bats, he's batting 367. He has six home runs. He has a steal. Um, he had a couple – I think he had three or four steals in the preseason or in the you know spring training. Uh, third base eligibility. For me, I've been struggling with third base all across the board in a lot of leagues. Um, most of it is because I drafted him. But even like you know, Gio Rochella and all my backups, they haven't been as solid as I needed them to be. So – Buy low on Cabrian Hayes. Um, he's either number one on your waiver wire, you know, if you're in a sh- you know, shallow enough league. But I bet you the person who's been holding on to him the last couple months, they don't want to wait another couple weeks. So try to get him. He's already doing his uh, rehab assignments, and he'll be good the rest of the year. So, Morty, are you concerned at all? I mean, the Pirates are 17 and 25. They're obviously not in contention this year. Cabrian Hayes is probably the cornerstone of the franchise. Do you think that they played conservative with him, that if he's sore – you know, maybe they hold him out a little bit longer. Maybe they have him, you know, platooning or not at, at an everyday role once they activate him. Potentially. Um, they didn't do it last year. They let him go to the, you know, the, the full way. But I think what they're doing, I think they're doing that right now. Because they've been really quiet on their updates. And all of a sudden, he was on the 60-day IL. And so, you know, I think they have already built those two months of him just kind of relaxing taking BP, seeing how it goes. Oh, he had a little bit of a setback. Let's wait a couple weeks before we do anything. So I think that's kind of built in. At the beginning of the year, the team wasn't going anywhere. So I think he he's going to want to get his stats. He's going to want to show how good he is. He's going to bat second or third in that lineup every day. I'm not worried about him shutting him down. All right. Well, if you have a frustrated injury or a frustrated uh, manager in your league that maybe has been holding on to Hayes, now's the time to strike. Christian, Who's the guy that you want to get on at his reduced price? My guy is Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham uh, was a guy who was a little bit, his price was reduced, not by his own fault. He was just stabbed as one, as one is <laughs> uh, in the off season. And people were a little worried about that. Rightfully so. Um, but Tommy has had a rough start to the season. In fact, he's batting 183. The 316 OBP. But there are brighter, uh, greener pastures, brighter days ahead, I think. He is max exit velocity right now is in the 89th percentile. He doesn't, he's not chasing anything. He's in the 98th percentile in chase rate and he has a track record. I mean, he still has a 78th percentile or 74th percentile sprint speed, but he's 33. Um, he's got a track record of production. And he has one of the highest uh, differences between in the league between actual WOBA and ex-WOBA and actual batting average and expected batting average. 
Right now, he has an expected batting average of 248 besides that 183. Um, his Woba is 260 and his ex Woba is 350. So I think if you, if there's a guy you want to buy low on for, uh, production the rest of the season in the outfield, I like, I like Tommy a lot. His, uh, stat cast is looking pretty red. And I know, like, that's not the only indicator, but I like the track record. I like that people were down on him before the season. So, um, he's a, he's the sort of guy I think I would be targeting. Christian, are you worried at all because the Padres had a COVID outbreak? Erickson Profar, Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, they all seem to be coming back. I mean, we talk about the Dodgers having one of the most steps in ba- the, the deepest depth in baseball, but the Padres are right there. Are you worried that when everybody's healthy that he's going to be struggling to find an everyday role? I, I don't really think so. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not super worried. And team, I think that Tommy's been producing. Again, he's not like actually producing, but he's been making enough hard contact, working pitchers deep in counts. I'm just not super worried that he's going to get uh, squeezed out of playing time there. They are pretty deep, but as we've already seen, um, they've had some injuries. They've already had COVID-19 outbreak. I think that when a guy is as good and consistently producing as Tommy Pham has been throughout his career, not a superstar, but he's an everyday big leaguer. Um, I'm just not. I'm just not that worried. Maybe I should be, but uh, I'm definitely definitely not. Okay, I, I love it. I mean, you 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 stamp your guys and you say I'm confident on them moving forward. And you know, all the guys that you said buy low on, I love the process that you have, Christian. I'm going to stick with you. Okay. Which player is like Bitcoin that you want to sell high before the crash that we saw yesterday? Okay, so I've got. I had, I was debating between two of these guys. And I'm going to go with the less obvious of the two. So I'm going to go, and this pains me as an Atlanta fan. It really does. I'm going with Austin Riley. Um, and I think that Austin Riley has had a really good, like, last 15 games. And if you look at his slash line, it's, it's pretty nice. Um, it's a, it's a pretty nice looking slash line. I think he's, he's batting, yeah. He's batting 299 with a 409 OBP and a 453 slugging percentage on 861 OPS. And he's looking good. Where I'm concerned is he's still striking out at a 26.8% rate, which everyone's striking out. But his bat up is 404, which is fourth highest in the league. And he's up there with guys like Trout and Alvarez. I know big power guys end up up there a lot. But I've just seen enough from Austin over his career that in redraft, I still don't know if I trust him. And right now, I don't know if his value is going to be any higher. He's got third base and outfield eligibility. So he's got multi-positional eligibility, and he can be attractive to guys who have been decimated by some injuries. Um, I just think that he's one of those guys that's on a hot streak, and he goes really cold for long periods of time. And I don't like getting caught holding the bag with guys like that. I, you know, you must really be down on him the rest of the year to trash someone on your home team. And, you know, the, the, the K rate is real. When he got called up in 2019, you know, he had a really good hot stretch with the Braves, but he's still at a 36.4% K rate. And, you know, one of David's guys is Bobby Dahlback. And it's kind of like that walk or that strikeout or that homer scenario, not even yeah. walking a lot. Austin Riley. That year, he's upped his walk percentage to 12.2, but last year was 7.8. The year before that was 5.4. So 
the play discipline is getting a little bit better, but that K rate is still very alarming. I will say, Austin, I, I've liked his work ethic, and I am optimistic for future, maybe as a dynasty asset, because he's still relatively young, and I like that he's made improvements on breaking balls and some other things, but he's still such a streaky hitter, I just can't imagine his value for this year, especially in redraft, being any higher than it is right now. No, uh, agreed, and I think that's a really great pick. Marty, I'm going to go with you. Who is the Ethereum, uh, another cryptocurrency oh. that tanked yesterday? Well done. And uh, David, better watch out, man. You're doing the, you're doing a really good job hosting here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, destroyed voice or not. And you made the perfect segue by uh, talking about increased K-rate and a horrible walk percentage, which brings me to my guy, Mr. Javi Baez. Sell him. I don't ever buy, I would never buy him. Anyone with that kind of a, his K percentage is 37.2. It's, I mean, it was 31.9 last year. And that was just, I mean, that's scary. I, I hope that would scare enough people away, but because of this beginning, he's, he's actually doing pretty well so far this year. 10 home runs, seven stolen bases right there in a roto league. You could, I mean, you really couldn't be happier. He's batting 255, which in these days with batting average, with a good batting average being about 275, 280, 255 is actually not that bad. But here's his OBP, 291. He has no discipline. Long term, eventually his luck is going to run out. Uh, Matt Williams is always called him a unicorn because of like, he, he doesn't do anything right, but the numbers at the end of the day usually come out pretty well. Um, I would sell on him if you have the opportunity. I think he still has second base and shortstop eligibility, obviously in Yahoo. I don't, I don't think so in the other leagues, but, um, yeah, get rid of him. I want to shout out our friend Seth Klein, who had a great tweet today. 0.9%. My chances of sleeping with Scarlett Johansson and Javi Baez's walk percentage against right-handed pitchers. I was like, sir, you. <laughs> Sir, you want the internet. I would have used that. Um, I just have a regular walk percentage, which is 2.7, which is... Uh, that's know, that's like, still not... That's, that's a line good. in its own. Yeah, <laughs> it's still not good. Cheesecake, first of all, do you feel that Javi Bias is a sell high? And then tell me your guy. Uh, no, I think Javi... Well, I mean, I'm biased. Uh, I, I've been watching Javi for a long time. Grow, you know, The first step is admitting it. Yeah, yeah, the first step, but uh, but Javi's kind of getting back to uh, the type of player he was in 2017, 2018. Um, I, I, you know, I, th- I think the way he's co- he's playing, you could probably get a nice return on him, though. So there, there could be a good reason to sell, but I, I don't think he's going to he's going to like fall off a cliff. I think I think you know you might you might have it be a a. a, a a lower batting average than he had been producing, but I think he's going to be producing still pretty well. The guy I'm looking to sell high, he's currently the seventh ranked Roto player in all of baseball. His name is Adolis Garcia for Texas. Okay. I knew that was going to come. Yep. Um, he has 11 home runs, 20 runs, 30 RBIs, and five stolen bases, and he's hitting 288. He's a five-category producer right now. Um and he he's shown power. He's shown a little bit of chip and speed. You know, his his, his minor league uh, high is fourteen, but uh, that batting average. I really think that that batting average is is going to is going to fall. He's hitting two eighty eight. I think um, I think once uh, once the holes in his swing are figured out a little better by the pitchers, once once he can't uh, tee off on pitchers who don't know him that well yet. 
you're going to start seeing him uh, him make a little bit less good contact. He's His strikeout rate isn't terrible right now. It's at 28.2. Uh, but this is a guy who's probably going to jump up to about 31, 32 b- before the end of the season. And um, once the pitchers really know what he's doing up at the plate, I think also you're going to see that batting average, you know, his 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 BABIP drop a little bit. So that I think you're still going to get power from him. You're still going to get some of those steals. Right now, he'd be on pace for you know, 18, 19 steals. I think you're probably going to get double digits. That'll still be good. So he's still valuable, but I think that batting average is going to drop. So I would trade him now when he is super valuable as the seventh best player in all of fantasy baseball. I think you could get yourself that pitcher to replace uh, you know, you're, you're, you're underperforming Sonny Gray or something like that, you know, or maybe you can get an underperforming pitcher. Maybe someone would trade you, uh, you know, Lucas Giolito or something like that. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I think, I think this is an asset that's going to go down just like Bitcoin and, just like uh, Dogecoin. Just like Dogecoin. Yeah. I had uh, to use three. I, I thought that was Doggy Coin. That's <laughs> it's Doggy Coin. <laughs> That, yeah, that just like, isn't there a dog on the symbol? <laughs> you just you just let everyone know that you're a boomer. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky we're not allowed to swear on this podcast, Doc. Uh, you can do it. To <laughs> I'll, me just off, do it. I'll just do it. <laughs> you can just I didn't know we're not allowed to swear, so actually, that's no, no. Me and me and Cheesecake don't. And the guests can. Um, okay. You don't worry. You can text me all the profanity you want. I, I'll just okay. ignore it. But, <laughs> Cheesecake, I, I'm going to start with you, and, and we're going to talk about pitchers to buy low on it. And it feels like it's really hard to buy low on pitchers because it's a pitcher's game now. You know, we see these really low ERAs from pitchers that we're not used to. Um, you know, we see no hitters. It feels like a lot of these pitchers' values right now is pretty high, which is why I wanted to end that segment with that. But who's somebody that has maybe underperformed this year that's not Luis Castillo that you're looking to buy low on? Uh, Kyle Hendricks. Uh- Kyle Hendricks has had uh, two horrible starts against Atlanta this season. And besides that, he's been, he hasn't been as sharp as normal, but he's been, he's been pretty decent. And he's also started to look pretty good lately. You know, he had a really nice start against Detroit, his most recent time out. Um, but, it, um, but, you know, you start to see these guys who are, they're, they're pitched to contact. Uh, hit their spots. They're all, they're all those guys are having trouble this season so far. A guy like Kyle Hendricks has been a you know an excellent pitcher for a long time. I have a hard time thinking that he's going to stay bad this whole season. And when you look at break it down by the games, it looks like you know he's not going to be pitching against Atlanta again. So you know you you're probably going to get the best of his season from this point on. Cheesecake, do you think that the Cubs steal him? Um. No, they have him under contract, and it's a team-friendly contract. I don't think they're going to deal him. I think okay. they want him around for their next their next iteration of a contending team. I, I was wondering because, you know, a lot of times when we see these teams that aren't in contention, you know, they sell off good players and they're going to contenders, which gives them a better chance to get wins, to get mm-hmm. run support. You know, sometimes a new environment is good mentally for a pitcher. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm glad that you're not tying his value to speculation that he might get traded, Mr. Yeah, Tallman, Mr. Tallman, the guy that was drinking an adult beverage, who's a guy to, <laughs> who's a guy that I wasn't going to say the name of it because no free ads on here, but who's a pitcher that you're buying low on? 
Um, and this is the full circle on this. Dylan Bundy. So I, I talked um, crap about him being the uh, the ace for the. I, I, I thought I thought that was going to be uh, a sell high guy. Yeah. Um, no, gosh, no, you can't sell him. He's he's been <laughs> no, he's high low. So his ERA six point zero two. Who's gonna? You can't sell him. I didn't realize it was that. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was probably. Four, I thought it was probably like four point five. I didn't realize it was six point zero. And here it is. So his ERA six point zero two. X ERA three point five four. Fit four point zero eight. X fit three point eight six. In his last seven starts, he has five quality starts. And for me, and this is just for all the pitchers moving forward. It's like a philosophy. I don't. I want pitchers who I don't have to worry about their innings limit. And Dylan Bundy. He's good to go, man. They're going to let him pitch as much as possible. They don't, you know, they're not saving him for anything. And he's been overall unlucky this year. Um, he's given up more homers than he has ever had. Well, not ever, but as an angel, but like his hard hit percentage is the best it's ever been. It's in the 88th percentile. So he's limiting hard contact. Um, he has, he's, uh, the runner's left on base is 57.2% this year. His career average in seven years is 71.6. So he just had a little bit of a, a bad luck streak. The Angels, as we've already talked about, they're struggling, so they're not giving him any type of. I mean, that's why he's over his last four or five. Yeah, over his last four. So um, yeah, the hard hit percentage is down. The K percentage, uh, the K minus uh, walk percentage is eighteen point three. So all signs point up, and I think you can get him for super cheap. So Marty, my question: the first four starts that Dylan Bundy had last year, he pitched twenty eight innings. And he only gave up four runs. And I think that's kind of what put him on the map of like, okay, this is another pitcher leaving Camden Yards that's going to do well. But the rest of the season, he, the seven starts he had was a middle of the road pitcher, a high threes, low four ERA. What do you expect from him the rest of the season? I think you're, I think you're exactly right there. You know, 3.5 ERA with high K percentage. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot more wins on the back end of the season. He's not an ace, you know. He's not in my top thirty pitchers. I think he's he's somewhere hovering around forty. Um, so, but I think you can like in these deep leagues, and I know pitching right now seems like oh, every I mean, Carlos Rodon's the man. I think in three months we're not going to have that situation. You're going to want somebody with no innings limits. Mister Dylan Bundy's your guy. Okay, well, three point five or four ERA is definitely better than a six point oh two. Mister Mack, who is the pitcher that you're buying low on? All right, this this might be a, a hot take, but I've been banging this drum between the scenes for a while. From from week one, Marty can confirm, Adbert Alzale is my buy low. And uh, there, there are some things about Adbert that I think are surprising. One is that his CSW percentage is uh, 32%. But here's the most important thing about Adbert is people have always kind of known, like, yeah, he's got the stuff. He was a pretty high, he had a pretty high prospect pedigree. But he's dropped his walk rate this year from 5.48 per nine last year to 1.70 this year. So 1.7 walks per nine. Um, he's basically, I mean, it's it's an incredible decrease uh, in walks. His command has gotten a lot better. And for me, giving pitchers, I mean, he's only 26. You just got to give pitchers a little bit of room to run. People gave up on him, prospect fatigue, but he's got multiple elite pitches his slider is right there i don't know if this year he's going to give you an era better than around four but he's hovering around the nine to ten k nine range and he's going to have great command 
And I, I plugged this on between the seams. This is the last thing I'll say in him is uh, Carlos Marcano from Pitcher List. He has this metric called specs, and he's put together a leaderboard that he tweeted out. It's pretty cool. I've been using it a lot recently. And Adbert is sitting at pitcher number 33 uh, as far as specs rating goes, right between, uh, right behind Tyler Molly and Chris Bassett. So not aces, but studs nonetheless. I think that he's flying under the radar. So, I mean, by comes pitchers, I guess, is what we're saying. Yeah, and uh, Alex DeLay has seven starts this year. He's gone at least five and six of them, which is good enough to get him the win. Yeah. Christian, is it Bassett or is it Chris Bassett? Yeah, have I, been I have no clue. Uh, I, 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 I am a Chris Bassett stands. So if I have been saying his last name wrong the entire time, then I, I'm going to have to reevaluate my life. I think that's the first time I've ever said it out loud. It just sounded, that's the way it felt like that's how it was supposed to come out of my mouth, but it's probably Bassett. Now that I, I don't know. Marty and Cheesecake chime in. Is it Bassett? Yeah. Bassett? I need to know. I would go Bassett. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah, going yeah. Bassett. There's this I thing about that where, like, you see these names in your head, you read them all the time, then all of a sudden, Christian, you and I talked about this on our show, that, like, all of a sudden you don't know how to say someone's first or last name. And it's just, yeah, like, you're like, yeah. you know, you realize, you know, whatever. Oscar I'm, Hanoi, I'm flipping, it. yeah, I'm flipping on myself. I'm saying it's Bassett. It came out of my rap mouth, and it, I was like, that's it. I don't think it, so. It, yeah, <laughs> little, fancy, little fancy pronunciation. Bassett. Bassett. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I remember I, growing up, I, I always called it Dunedin, Florida, when I was talking about the Toronto Miners minor league. Now I realize I said it wrong for 30, 30 plus years. Dunedin is not the name. If that isn't a reality check right there. Well, Christian, I want to stay with you. And we're our last segment here of pitchers to sell high on. And, and as we talked about before, it kind of seems like everybody you could sell high on. Spencer Turnbull maybe Corey Kluber, maybe Carlos Rodon, all of these pitchers that have kind of been afterthoughts for the last couple of years have the games of their lives. And, you know, Rodon has put on an impressive start to begin the season. You know, Kluber looks like he could be a waiver wire pickup. Are any of these guys people that you think have peaked and you're looking to deal? That's hard. I had, I had two guys that I'm on. We mentioned one of them, um, so the, I'm going to say the one guy that I decided against, and the one guy I decided against was John Means. I thought about saying sell high on him for a minute there, and I just don't think so. I looked into his numbers, and I was like, man, I think maybe the guy's just an ace. Maybe I'm just wrong. I think maybe he's one of those guys that got out of Camden. But the guy I am saying sell high on, I know, I know he's injured currently, and we talked about him earlier. Taiwan Walker, I think, is a super sell high. Uh, I think you got you gotta sell high on Taiwan, and I, I I vibe with the guy. He's got such a cool like. I like his presence. I like the way him and Strowman go back and forth. Do you but not like want, that he's tatted? I need no, to know no, why. He's he's, uh, he's he's tatted. It's dope, but his woba versus ex woba is worst in uh, is worst in the league among qualified starting pitchers. He is a career. I've got it. I pulled up his uh, his savant right here. I mean, he's not sitting. He's not sitting above fifty percentile, fifty fourth percentile on any of his stuff. Where we're looking at Statcast metrics, but look, he's a career xERA guy around four point five. In twenty eighteen, he got the six point five two xERA. So right now he has a two hundred four ERA, and his xERA is three point eight one. Um. I, I don't know. Maybe he's one of those guys that just like, 
outplays the expected metrics, but I, I, I just don't think that he is able to continue the success and you might be able to flip him for, say, your John Means type, who I feel like is a lot more, uh, real. So it's one of those, like, is it legit or not tests? He's looking like, like his numbers look like ace numbers on paper. And if you've got a guy who's maybe a Mets fan, see if you can, see if you can flip him for someone else who's got those ace numbers, who is an ace. I mean, I should have told you prior to the show that no Taiwan Walker slander will be tolerated. I, I knew, um, I knew as soon as you guys said that earlier, I was like, oh man, I'm about to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his stats. He's only given up more than two earned in one outing. Obviously, the last one after three innings, he was pulled. Had only given up one hit. To to talk about John Means real quick, I think it is kind of interesting. Living in the Maryland area, um, the O's haven't had an ace since Eric Bedard for that one season in 2007. You know, Camden is is typically been a pitcher's park. The O's build their team around hitting. They know hey, we're not going to develop pitchers. So it kind of does feel that vibe of sell high because we don't typically see pitchers do well, just like it seems like with the Angels that they just don't develop. And the Indians just are like, hey, hold my beer. Right, Marty? Yeah, literally. Speaking of holding beer, that's what it, maybe you're doing with your right hand, but you didn't <laughs> tell us. You, oh, he finished it. <laughs> he finished it. Well, Marty, who is your sell high guy? Um, yeah, so sell high. We're going to stay here local in Detroit, and it's Mr. Casey Mize. And um, I've absolutely loved what he's done, you know, these last four times out. He has four straight quality starts. He's never done that in his career before. Uh, you look at all the stats, ERA, 3.69, um, over 46 innings. He has tw- uh, 34 strikeouts, 1.19 whip. He's the best. This is the best he's ever pitched. Um, and they're letting him go into the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. But as of uh, last week on May 13th, uh, May 13th, AJ Hinch, the coach for the Detroit Tigers said, don't tell Casey, but we're thinking about taking him out of the rotation early in June. So the quote is load management. They are going to manage his load for the rest of the year. And so in about a month or so, I wouldn't expect him to go over three, four innings. They're probably going to make him like an opener. So your your sell high is based on the amount of innings that he will have and not his performance going forward. Casey Mize, his role will diminish so much that you will be forced to cut him. So if you can sell him and someone's stupid enough to not listen to this podcast, trade them for Casey Mize. So I I have a question because Casey Mize, you know, had a, a kind of a rough beginning of the year. Um, you know, his start against Oakland, he gave a five earned. Kansas City gave up six earned, but the last three starts, six inning, one earned at Boston, six inning, two earned at or versus the Royals, and then 7.2, one earned versus the Mariners. Do you think if he keeps performing like this, he'll basically force the Tigers' hand and say, look, how can we pull a guy that is showing such promise that he is? No, not at all. I mean, they they pulled Steven Strasburg back in the day for the first five years, every single year, and he was doing absolutely amazing. The Tigers aren't going to be good for the next three years. Everyone knows that. Casey knows that. Um, so just preserving him, getting the most out of him, uh, making sure that he's able to build on what he's done over the last few years. You're exactly right. And I saw his first three starts, one of them in person against the Royals, where he gave up five runs in three innings. So um, he's turned the page, it looks like. He's moving in, um, slider a lot more. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got to keep. 
he's not going to have any type of role that's fantasy relevant very soon. Okay. All right. Well, maybe a dynasty hold, but in redraft leagues, Marty is saying sell him while you can. Elsie, finish us out. Who is a pitcher that you are selling high on? Well, I, I started to look at, at certain pitchers. Did you know that the Giants have three of the top 23 starting, uh, three of the top 23 pitchers on their roster right now? This is pitchers, uh, starters, and relievers. And Kevin I was like, Gosman. Yep. Tony Jake Disco. Not, not Jake McGee. Tony Disco. Uh, and, and Alex Wood. Wow. All in the top 23. I thought to myself, one of those guys is a, is a sell high. And then I just, I wasn't sure which one. I guess Tony Disco would be my first instinct there. But so wait, before you the, continue, how did yeah. he earn the nickname Tony Disco? This has been on my mind for a couple weeks. His name is Anthony Disclafani. Disclafani. Yeah. So Tony Disco, I think, is just kind of playing on the name. That's, okay. that's, I, I know, that's I know where the Tony came it's from. because now. Americans are lazy and we can't say yeah. So we just go Disco. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, I was wondering if there was something I missed that like he's a dancer or something. I I think one of those three at least is going to fall off. Wood has injury concerns. Tony Disco has some has some performance concerns. I didn't I couldn't choose which one. I don't think it's going to be Gossman. So I went with Nick Pavetta, who I think is everyone <laughs> everyone's favorite pitcher to to uh to hate. And but he is he is also uh, uh the 44th best pitcher in baseball so far this year. Uh, he's he's pitching. Uh, he has five wins already. Uh, he has 42 strikeouts and 42 and two thirds innings, but he also has 22 walks and he's only given up three home runs in those 42 innings. I think once the weather starts to heat up, those walk problems are going to start to uh, start to meet some of the home runs that have not come yet. Uh, and he's going to start to drop off. I think a lot of smart fantasy baseball players are going to realize you're selling high on him. But you can, I think, for for a trade where you're trying to get a little, a slightly better player, Pavetta might be the type of chip that you could throw onto the pile that could that could uh, that could close the deal because he's been pitching well on a team. If you're going with a team that uh, that needs that needs pitching pretty badly, I think Pavetta could be someone that might sweeten a deal for you. I think, but I do think, like I said, a lot of people are not convinced by this start, just like I'm not. I love that you opened with three giants, and I'm like, oh, which way is he going to go? Oh, none of them. None of them. Because, well, like, wh- which one do you choose? <laughs> that's a, that's a rich. I would have gone Alex Wood for the injury reasons. That yeah. was a rich. That was a Rich Hill vintage curveball that you threw us. But <laughs> you know, you know, we play in these home leagues, and it's different. TGF, <clears throat> excuse me, TGFBI. Uh, you know, you're playing with a lot of industry people, and you can't really fool. I feel like in your home leagues, there's always that one idiot that you can get with a trade because it's your friends. Not all of them are necessarily the most knowledgeable. Um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But great discussion, fellas. We are going to go to the fun part of the segment, and that is our question of the week. We are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. This is the only ad that we're giving. 
Triple Play Fantasy is now an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play, which is one word, and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user using that code. Me and Brad are going to get on our grind, I promise. And if make sure you start following these shows each weekend to give you a 10 to 15 look of the gaming landscape with our locks to help you win big. I do play myself. Our question this week, and there has been a lot of injuries, but which has been the most significant one this season? Marty, I had you in the middle of the snake draft that I was going back and forth. So I want you to start off with this one. Yep. Someone that just ripped your heart out. <sighs> okay. I just need to just, I didn't want to just revisit this. Like, I don't want to jump in this quickly, but I guess okay. we'll okay. do it. Okay. Uh, no, uh, we're here for you. This is a safe space. My third round pick in the great fantasy baseball invitational, Luis Robert. Luis, Lou Bob himself has been the one that's devastated me the most. Um, I actually, I'm doing okay in steals. I was able to chip away with it with like Trevor Story. You know, he's good enough. I have like Joey Wendell. People are going to give you like four, five, six, uh, Colton Wong. But he was my guy that was going to get me 25 home runs. He was going to get me 25 stolen bases. I didn't care what he did to my average because my average is the best in my league right now. So I'm good to go on that. And I built my team around his 25 steals. And he, every, he had a few. He got, went on the, the IL for a little bit. You know, but he bounced back, had a couple more, and then we all got the news. He's, he's done so. Uh, Lou Bob himself, devastating. Marty, what place in TGFBI are you as of recording May 20th, 2021? Overall, 26th. That is great. Everything that Marty has said tonight, you better take and run to the bank with. <laughs> Christian, who, who is somebody that has just pulled your, your heart muscles for their injury? Oh, well, Marty kind of just dredged up like something I'd already repressed. Like I'd for, I'd forgotten how painful this was. Um, it had to be Eloy. Easy, easy Eloy. I was thinking, I was like in my head, I was like, Cattell is on a lot of my teams. Like, oh, uh, who could it be? There, I mean, everyone's had injuries, but I made a blockbuster trade in one of my 12 team dynasty leagues. I traded Bregman and Grinky. For Eloy, it was very uh, salary based. Uh, Bregman and Grinky had pretty pretty inflated salaries because it was a salary league, and I was like, I really need those home runs. And then, like, I'm not even kidding. Like a week after that trade went through, I think that he tore his pack, and it was just like done. It, yeah, I. And I've lost, and to make matters worse, I started Luis Castillo every single week in that in that <laughs> league, and I've lost every matchup because I keep trusting in him. And then I didn't start him in his last start, and he struck out eleven. So have, have you uh, have you joined the Luis Castillo support group? It's a real thing. I I think I need to because no. that league alone, he's lost me every matchup. So uh, Mike Carter. Our, our dear friend probably would say the same answer with Eloy. I remember when that injury happened and he just went off on a rant and he's like such a nincompoop that. Why, he, why would you do that? Yeah, it's, it's like he tried making a grab for a ball that wasn't even close in the spring training game. It's, it's just like the IQ sometimes just isn't there. Cheesecake, who's your guy? Well, um, I'm going with a real life baseball significant injury and I'm going with. Uh, one of the dumbest injuries you're going to find, and I'm sorry, Christian, it's Wasker. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Atlanta Atlanta sits three games back in their division. 
They've had a tough time coming up with pitchers. Uh, Max Fried currently is day-to-day. Charlie Morton underperforming on the season, though he had a good start, I think, yesterday. Mike Soroka's had a setback. Drew Smiley's been underperforming. Ian Anderson's been doing well, but you know it was the fine. He was the guy who, who might help carry the staff until they might make a trade or get some uh, some injury replenishment. And then he goes and punches punches a wall or, or punches a bench. I can't remember which one it was. He and punches the bench a won. bench. And, <laughs> and he's out. He's out for a long time. And, uh, you know, Atlanta can hardly perfor- afford to lose pitching at this point in the season. I think, it, you know, they might, they might, I mean, thankfully the Mets aren't running away with the division. Uh, no one's running away with it. So, but, uh, but they're going to have a hard time, you know, coming up with starters and Noah's injury is going to loom large in that picture. I mean, that's a significant one. It's probably the dumbest one that Cheesecake had mentioned or dumbest injury. I, I wasn't mentioning that you're calling it was, um, um, you know, for me, it's, it's easy to say Christian Yelich because it's been frustrating with his back. You keep him on the IL and he comes back for a couple games. We talked about it earlier. It's Mike Trout, you know, the, the, one of the faces of baseball. The guy just can't seem to stay healthy. He's missed, I think, 20 games in his last four seasons that have been full ones. You know, just a guy that you root for. He's having the best batting average and war season so far of his career. And, you know, if there was anyone that could help turn the Angels around, it's what him and Otani were doing. And, you know, a lot of time the Angels, you know, hopes kind of ride on him. And, you know, right now they're on a losing streak and it will probably be another year that Mike Trout doesn't get in the playoffs. So just kind of sat on that aspect. But mm-hmm. we're going to get a little happy and we're going to end the show with our game of the week. And I'm hosting. So. This is the Jersey game, the Jersey number game. So I have seven players here, and each player has worn multiple Jersey numbers. So, for example, like, like let's say I gave you Anthony Rizzo. He's worn two numbers. You would have two guesses. And if you get it right, you get a point. Now, I realize that we all don't know baseball numbers like that. So for each player, I'm going to give you a hint. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start with Art, then Marty, then Christian. There's a total of 26 points in this game. I have a tiebreaker if for some reason you guys get on a similar amount. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. The first one is Andrew McCutcheon. He's had two jersey numbers, and both are in the 20s. So, Art, we're beginning with you. Uh, 25. Uh, which uh, you have two guesses. Oh, 25. two guesses? Yeah, because he has two, 25 and 21. Yeah. Marty? Uh, 22 and 25. Okay. And Christian? 29 and 23. All right. Well, Marty gets one point. His numbers are 22 and 26. Wow. Number two, and we are starting with Mr. Tallman, who is now the betting odds favorite to win the game. <laughs> Bryce Harper, he has one double-digit number in the 30s and one single-digit number. Uh, six, and what was the other? What was the first clue? He has a double-digit number in the 30s. Double-digit number in the 30s. 35? Okay. Christian? I'm going 37 and 8. 
and art. 34 and 6. All right, well, one point for art. It is 34 and 3. All right. So the next one is Jay Bruce, recently retired Jay Bruce. He has five jersey numbers. (laughs) There is one that is single digits, and the others are between 15 and 35. So one single digit, and then you're going to have four guesses between 15 and 35. So you might just take a guess and hit it. Christian, we're starting with you. All right. Let's go with two, 19, 24, 26, and 31. Okay. Art? Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and game this. 8, 15, 35, <laughs> uh, 29, and 19. Okay. And Marty? Uh, start with number 1. Uh, and then we'll go 15, 19, 23. He seems like a, like a Larry Bird 30, 33 kind of guy. We'll go 33 as well. And you got one more guess. Ooh, oh, uh, 35. Okay, well, um, Christian and Art each got one point. Marty got two. The numbers oh, are wow. 9, 19, 23, 30, and 32. All right. We're going back to Art for number four. It's you, Darvish. He has two jersey numbers. One is between, is between 10 and 20, and the other is between 21 to 30. Um, I'm going to say 17 and 29. Okay, Marty? Um, uh, 13 and 23. Okay, and Christian? We're going 13 and 27. All right, well, big old goose egg. You guys don't like you, Darvish, I guess. Wow. 11 and 21. Oh, the one guy. Yeah, of course. All right. The next one, Lance Lynn. He has five jersey numbers. Four are in the 30s, and then one is in the 60s. So, Marty, we're starting with you. Uh, I'm going to go 60, 66 for okay. the uh, And then, what were the, you said there was four, I have four guesses in the 30s? Yes. Okay. Um, 33. 30, 34, and 36. Okay. Christian? All right. So we got one in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go 69. Lancelin seems that, like that. <laughs> dirty. Dirty. <laughs> You're dirty, uh, Christian. You just know, you just know Lancelin would like that. Marty, I, I don't know. I don't know that. Look, look at him. Yes, you would. <laughs> But <laughs> Marty, you better get one of these I, right. You're the one. I know. It's really my favorite baseball. Let, let me just say before you guess any of the ones in the 30s, if I at, if I ever meet Lance Lynn, that's the question I'm asking. How do you feel about the number 69? <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, Christian, go, you got more guesses in the 30s. All right, I'm going 31, 33, 35, and 36. Okay, and Art. 
Um, 64. And then I'm going to go 33, 35, 39, 38. All right. Well, everybody got three points. His number in the 60s was 62. And in the 30s, it was 31, 33, 35, and 36. So going into, we have two players left. I wanted to say really quick on Lance Lynn because I love this tweet. Uh, it was by Keelan Blue um, on Twitter. She tweeted, Lance Lynn should pitch in overalls, no shirt underneath. And I, just, <laughs> I was just like, God damn it. That would, can you imagine him with boots on, just throwing yeah. that weight? Like, can, can he pitch in shorts? <laughs> <laughs> so going into the last two, Art has four, Christian has four, and Marty has five. I have five. And, Oh, Art says he's five. I have five. Okay, Art has five. Sorry, I I mistracked. Listeners, if he's lying, tell us. Please. (laughs) All right, so we got two left. (laughs) And this this next one is Jonathan VR. He has seven jersey numbers. Four are in the single digits. One is in the 20s, and two are in the 30s. And Christian, we're starting with you. Okay, so I got four in the single digits, one twenties, two thirties. Okay, um, I'm going two, four, six, nine, and then two in the twenties. One in the twenties, two in the thirties. Yeah, one in the twenties, two in the thirties. Okay. Twenty-one, thirty-one, and thirty-four. All right, Art Christian going with that six nine, just like just oh, like yeah. Lynn. just got to do that six nine. Christian, you dirty man, you dirty. You ain't, come, you ain't coming back on this as a wholesome family podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, three and um, six seven eight in the single digits. Okay, twenty four and thirty seven. And 32 and 37. Yeah. Okay. And Marty? Uh, 33. Um, oh, you're going backwards. Yeah. Does that screw you up? Can you? Can you no, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, um, I'm going to go all over the place. So I'm going to go 33, 1, 9, 3, and then do I have one more in which one? Which category? Uh, you went all over the place, so you have one in the 30s, one in the 20s, and then one single digit. <laughs> okay, so uh, eight, and then 20, um, 25. And then you're guessing the 30s? 33. All right, well, I don't know how many points ever. I think Christian got three. His numbers are one, two, five, six. 20, 30, and 34. Christian is in the lead with seven. Artie and Mart. Artie and... Come back, baby. Artie and... I like that. Artie and Mart. I call call Art Artie as a joke. Um, Artie and Marty. I don't mind it. All right, Artie. Well, you're beginning with this one, and it's Marcus Stroman. He has four jersey numbers. Three are in the single digits, and one is in the 50s. 
55 1 7 and 9 Okay, Marty um, 1 5 9 52 for Ray Lewis Okay, and Christian for Ray Lewis. Uh, I'm going to go... <clears throat> let's go 54. <sighs> one. So we're all going in on one. Um, one. Five and seven. Christian, you got that 54. That was the clincher. And then you got another one on top. His numbers are zero, which he currently wears. Six, seven, and 54. So we end the game with Christian having nine, Art having seven, and Marty, who was the betting favorite after round one, if you live bet, <laughs> coming in third. So Christian, I'm not that advanced where I have the soundboard set up to give you the cheer. So I'm going to give you a little clap right now. Yay! That's that one person cheer. <laughs> 15 seconds of yours is FaceTime. If you want to plug anything you're working on that's not between the scenes related, where they can find you on social media, all that good stuff. You can find me at jchristianmac on most social medias. I'm much more active on Twitter than pretty much anything else. And I'm not that active on Twitter right now because, um, I don't know, I've just got crazy stuff going on. But I'm working on so... Now that the season's a little bit more developed, I'm working on, if anyone's kept up with anything I've done, an IPA leaderboard, um, which is a stat I created. Hopefully, I'll get that out sometime so in the not, next little bit. It's not Indian pale ale. Not Indian. Not what Marty was drinking, no. Mine uh, was a fine LeBan Pilsner. It is. I can't drink the IPAs. <laughs> I can't either. We talked about this. Marty and I yeah. are both not IPA fans. Can't no, it. it's a ideal plate approach percentage. And so... uh yeah, that's something I'm working on, but uh, right now, uh, not not a ton in the pipeline. Still working. Marty and I are getting out an article pretty soon for our waiver wire review. I think between the seams and yeah. So Jay Christian Max, where you can find me. And congrats, Christian, on winning the game, uh, joining a very prestigious group of people in the triple play community that have won, especially being 100%. If you decline a future invite because you want to keep that record perfect, I certainly understand. Um, <laughs> Marty, where can, Marty, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Marty underscore Tallman. Um, you know, do the between the seams with Mr. Mac every week, going through our waiver wire picks. Um, you know, we're, we get, we're always writing, uh, I should have something coming up soon. I'm actually going to do an article on my experience in TGFBI so far. And All then right. do three entries of that, you know, you know, a third of the way, you know, for the, for the season. You can also find my, uh, Detroit Tigers work at Motor City Bengals, a fan sited affiliated site, you know, writing all about the Detroit Tigers and hopefully their future comes a little bit brighter and a little bit sooner than we've all been hoping. But, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, and you can catch those two guys on our YouTube channel between the seams, giving you wa waiver wire pickups each week. These guys really know baseball, and they're great young people in the community. And I say young, but I, I don't know Christian's age. Marty's older than me, so I sound like I sound like I won't I won't this uh, I won't say what he is, but I know. I'm a young boy. I, I sound like a boomer myself saying that. And then Art, I want to plug the work that he's doing. 
over an SP streamer with his stolen base, uh, you know, catchers with stolen base upside. I, I think a lot of times that position is punted on and Art puts in a lot of work because that's a good way to get steals and just to kind of keep a leg up on your competition. So Cheesecake, I did want to highlight that because you've been doing great work. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we will be back next week. Maybe David will be there. Maybe he won't. I think everybody's hoping he won't be. Um, but I'm going to take his line, and we will be like a red truck and all buns. Take care, everyone.